From activism to entertainment, health to nightlife, profiles and courage to travel, and so much more. This is the Jeff Hawker Show, LGBTQ news and lifestyle conversation for the Coachella Valley region. Here's Jeff Hawker. Welcome to the show. So glad you're spending time with us and uh, hearing all about the LGBT community and what's going on, what events are happening, but also what politics are happening. Um, John and I were talking before the show about um, our our friend. I can't even remember her name now. <laughs> the one that's running for governor. <laughs> oh, her. <laughs> Caitlin. Caitlin Jenner. Yeah. And she was quoted this last week is, I don't support transgender sports. I don't support men playing in women's sports and she has been playing in women's golf tournaments since she decided to transition i mean i i can't imagine a more hypocritical statement (laughs) well let me give you one word and that says everything you need to know kardashian yeah the billionaires whatever Our first guest on the show has been a friend of mine for quite a few years. I want to say about 20. Um, Brad Fur, who is the owner and the e-publisher of Gay Desert Guide, first came through the Coachella Valley in the 1980s. So you're very familiar with the desert and have grown up with us. How are you doing, Brad? Well, good. Well, that was a one-day trip. I literally came from Michigan, when I, where I had grown up and went to college, took a job in Los Angeles, stayed one day. I, we, we were, my friend and I were so uh, freaked out by Los Angeles that we hightailed it back to Michigan with our U-Haul trailer. I remember stopping at the rest stop in Palm Springs and leaving my sunglasses there. We didn't come, even come back from We just headed back to Michigan and we were done. And it literally was that, you know, you and I met in 2000 or 2001 when I was doing yeah. a fam trip. So it's been 20, 21 years now. Yeah. You know, and we had some great times, you know, traveling around doing all of the trade shows that community marketing was doing. Is there anybody still doing those LGBTQ shows? I don't think so. Um, I've talked to, you know, even Randy at the Bureau of Tourism, you know, they used to go to market days in Chicago. And even that, I think they've stopped doing market days in Chicago, which was one good outreach place, at least for Palm Springs. But I don't know of any of those kind of, you know, big travel shows, specifically LGBT. I don't know those going on anymore. You know, we've seen it, especially here in Palm Springs. We we don't nearly have the gay hotels that we had when we were marketing them. I mean, we had like 35 back then. Do yeah. you Do you see that kind of same thing happening across the United States that maybe, you know, the LGBTQ market just wants to stay in mainstream hotels now? It, it, it seems to be that way, Jeff. And you're right. We're down to... I think we're only down to 13 or 14 uh, what we would call gay resorts anymore. And that number seems to be changing all the time. Two resorts have changed to swinger resorts. So <laughs> it's both the, it's for men and women. Yes. Yeah, I know. The Straight old, uh, swingers, old yes. Straight swingers, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I think it is a, a nationwide trend. You know, we, as you know, Jeff, for working for the Bureau of Tourism for so long, we have the, had the highest concentration of, uh, of gay resorts here for years. I think Fort Lauderdale may have been number two behind us, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I and think you're uh, right. I know they've lost a few as well. So well, it's, it is a changing dynamic. Um, uh, I've got some friends in from New York, uh, a gay couple. And, you know, they, they thought about the gay resorts, but they ended up staying at Holiday House, for example. Um, they wanted some amenities. They didn't care about, you know, the, the, the gay resort uh, vibe. And, and it just seems like um, it seems like that's happening more and more. Yeah, it seems like the gays keep migrating south because now Puerto Vallarta is the place <laughs> to go. I mean, it. I tell people, I, I don't know, I've been there four or five times, and I say that is the gayest place on earth. If you're if you're staying anywhere in the zona romantico, it's like it. it more restaurants and more gay clubs than I've I've seen anywhere. Yeah, I mean, even yeah, even in San Francisco, I mean, I think there's thirty or forty different gay bars there. So well, yeah, so you know, same thing. We've lost a lot. We've lost some gay bars, not a lot, but we've we've lost a few. The pandemic has put trunks out of service. Wang's was, you know, ostensibly gay at the bar side of things. The restaurant wasn't. Um, Stacy's is closed at least uh, for a while. Uh, Alibi, which we used to, uh, you know, love those swings outside of the Alibi. That's yeah. gone. Uh, yeah, they've, and, they they only so open a, like once in a while. It's kind of weird. It's like on a big weekend they're open, and then you don't see them open at all. Alibis. Yeah, I don't I'm talking think about. that's happening anymore. Yeah, yeah. It just you know, I mean, probably gay marriage probably changed a lot of that, and I think that you know now gay couples are having kids, so it really changes the dynamics when you travel. Mm-hmm. But but I think I a would, lot. I would guess that's yeah. That's go part ahead. Of it. Uh, no, I say I, I say that I think that is part of it. it. But I also think that you know the the uh, the acceptance of the LGBTQ communities that we all are are in, gay men and 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 everything else. You know, it, it used to be that if you came from Iowa or from even from you know uh, a lot of medium sized cities, you didn't have any place to be out except a gay bar that was behind a dark you know, in a dark alley somewhere. And, and, you know, we're, we're much more visible than we ever were. We have some rights that we didn't have before, including marriage equality. And I think that um, the, the, the luster has worn off just having to go and have that gay, gay, gay experience. Now I think travelers and, and the, the research, the CMI research bears this out. People, you know, the men like to come and they like to do hiking and they like to explore and they like their foodies and, you know, they're doing a lot of other things rather than just going to the gay bars. How butch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that brings up a really good point. Do you think with all the cancellations with COVID, what do you think is going to happen with all the gay parades? Well, I think June is pretty much out for the country. As far as I know, I believe L.A. is doing a virtual uh, parade. I think the Lavender Project is sponsoring that. They did it last year. Alexandra Billings was the, uh, I think, was the, the hostess, uh, the hostess with the mostess on that. But they're trying to do something virtual this year. 
just to and you know talk to people and talk about pride and what pride means to them. Um, it looks like Jeff, I, you know, you, you and I, uh, we both talked to Ron DeHart from Palm Springs Pride, but I, I and he was on the Main Street uh, Merchants call this week. But I don't think there's anything definitive yet for Palm Springs Pride. He's very hopeful it's going to happen. Uh, and that would include the parade. We've got it on our calendar. Yeah, and that was one of the things you and I had talked about, Halloween. You know, what yeah. I'm looking at is doing a very scaled-back event. Uh, you know, the street on Arenas, it's got all those parklets on it. <laughs> There's not a whole lot yeah. you can do there. Um, but we're looking at, like, a parking lot party and, you know, kind of engage all the bars the week leading mm-hmm. up to it, which we've done in the past. You know, we had right. a- Absolute and Schmirnoff at one time, and it's great doing the activation in, in all the bars because then they're happy. People love to dress up in costumes. I don't care if it's Halloween yeah. night or any time of the year. People yeah. love to dress up. <laughs> but it'll be great because then we could do qualifying rounds leading up to the big event and not have a hundred people walk across the stage, only maybe have eight to 10 finalists, which will make it a lot easier for everybody as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just to keep things going, you know, people Mm -hmm. still want to go out. They still want to do stuff, but they're still a bit cautious. And I think all the way through this Mm -hmm. year, I think they're going to still be that way. I I think so too. Um, The city did announce that, um, subject to city council approval, probably at uh, this week's meeting, the uh, Village Fest will come back starting July 1st. And, you know, that parklet issue uh, obviously is the same issue you're facing on arenas. They're facing on Palm Canyon. So what they're looking to do is uh, from Amato Road to Takwitz, they're going to have it. And, and in between... They'll go down Museum Way uh, to to see Maryland up Maryland Skirt and have a few uh, a few boots down down Maryland Way. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, uh, we're talking with Brett. Yes, we're talking with Brad Fur. He is the founder and e publisher of GayDesertGuide.LGBTQ. Uh, is that new? Did you got the LGBTQ? Actually, it's not the Q, and right, they, they only got a four-letter designation. So right now it's just .LGBT, and they've not made LGBTQ available yet. But I did it because I have gay in, the word, in, in our title, and I wanted to be more inclusive, so I got yeah. uh, gaydesertguide.lgbt. Yeah, I, I want to get your opinion on something. You know, I had um, uh, Tommy from the Transgender Health and Wellness Center on a couple weeks ago, And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's always been a struggle in the gay community to include the transgender community. And, you know, I saw it in San Francisco. You know, we still see it today. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, I I don't I I don't think it's as much of a struggle as it was. I have frankly, I I think that that the, the, uh, the corner has been turned on that. I really believe that. The transgender community is being included much more than I've ever seen before. Now, they may not feel that way, but I would I would bet that Tommy would even admit that there have been some pretty major changes in the perceptions of the um, of the rest of the letters in our alphabet. Um, And Tommy's been one of the drivers of that. I give her a lot of credit. Um, People like Tommy push the envelope. 
And it takes people like her to continually push the envelope. So, you know, she probably is not going to be satisfied um, with the way things are and the movements that have happened, because in her mind, um, there should be real parity among all the letters in our alphabet. But but I, I think that I think that strides have been really made in in the transgender community um, to to be more accepted. And you know, you look at Lisa Middleton and uh, who's a city and, council and woman people. for Palm Springs. City council, right, right. So um, you know, I, I don't know that I quite agree with that, but I also understand where Tommy's coming from. Yeah, it. it, it it's just amazing in this day and age that we're still having to fight some of the things we're fighting, and especially on a national level. I was, I felt really good to yeah. hear that the Biden administration is going to really push for the Equality Act so that all of these laws that are coming in and really, you know, attacking the transgender community uh, will basically be wiped out if the Equality Act comes into place. I know. So. Yeah, yep. and that's and, and and look from an equality standpoint, uh, there's the, the transgender laws that are out there right now are are being pushed in Alabama and other states. They're bad, and we know that. But I think right. locally here, we're doing well. We're doing really good. We're talking with Brad Furr. We'll be back with him in just a minute. We're going to talk about all the different platforms that Gay Desert Guide is on, what the content is all about, and how you can get involved with Gay Desert Guide. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff. We are in conversation with Brad Fur, who is the founder and e-publisher of Gay Desert Guide. That's gaydesertguide.lgbt. So give us an idea of the different platforms that you're on and how they all tie together. Sure. So... I started it with the website, gaydesertguide.com.lgbt. And, um, and so from there, um, consumers can uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, all those social media platforms. We, we take the, we do, I do two blogs a week. I do something early week on Monday, and that's more for our local uh, people, our local residents, uh, or people that are visiting here early week. Um, we go through everything that's happening uh, event-wise. So we'll talk about the events at the LGBT Community Center. We'll talk about, you know, maybe a Wednesday night drag show at Hunter's or, you know, a show at Oscars or something like that. Um, and then I do another one on the weekend. Um, that happens on Friday morning. And then that's sent out as our email newsletter. And uh, I'll put a plug in, everybody uh, to subscribe to that every Friday, they'll get our email newsletter, but you can also find that same content on our website and on social media. And then, um, uh, after, uh, about a year, a little over a year ago, we started with John Taylor and Shan Carr. We started the, I love gay Palm Springs podcast. 
and we were looking for something a little more long form to do. Um, I have a radio background. It's my, it was my life. Uh, John Taylor has been in radio for years, and Shan's done a lot of stand-up and a lot of performance. And so we put together the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast to um, as another platform because we knew podcasts were, uh, were, were kind of a thing. So that's what we've been doing, all of, all of those platforms. And then I also do a printed uh, guide that uh, uh, last was done a year ago uh, just as COVID was hitting. Yeah, and and that's the one that's distributed all the bars and the restaurants, and yeah. you can get it at you know community events. And right. it, it's why did you decide to go this route? Because what you do is a lot of work. It, it is. It, it really is. Um, yeah, I first I first did Gay Desert Guide the website because many of the publications that people knew and were familiar with in Palm Springs, the bottom line, and, you know, uh, uh, even Desert Outlook is gone now, too. But all those publications, Live Magazine, those have slowly gone away. And based on my work in, um, in digital media, I knew that uh, printed publications were not going to be the thing of the future that digital was. And so I got ahead of the curve when I created Gay Desert Guide in 2013, um, and, and wanted to bring everything online. And from there, um, I felt it necessary to do a printed guide because we had the, the information, we were curating all the content already. And so it was just kind of a natural extension to do at least a brochure size guide like you used to do with the Bureau of Tourism. Um, and then the podcast was just a kind of an extension of my radio background and, uh, and, uh, and, and, us wanting to, to talk about some of the same things that you talk about. You know, you and I, we cross-pollinate on guests a lot of times. Yeah. So often people say, you know, well, what what frequency can I get I have radio on? And I said, well, it's an all-digital radio station that you can get anywhere. And what I explained to him is, like, for me, like, most people now just have, like, Roku on their TV. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. even have broadcast television anymore. If I want to watch right. the news, I watch it on my computer or I watch it on my yeah. phone. So you're right. I mean, it, really, the way to go is all digital, mainly because it's anywhere. You can get it anywhere. And that expands your audience. Exactly. And, and then shows like this one, you know, there's a certain number of people listening to it now, but, uh, you know, you'll have it on demand down the road so that anybody can listen to it. And, you know, when, when radio was being done, you didn't archive radio shows. You didn't, you know, you didn't publish those as, as a podcast typically. Uh, but now people like to go back and, and listen on demand. And I think it's just the, the, I think it's the best way to go. Yeah. And it, it puts the power to the people. Yeah, that you can yeah, decide on what your content is. So, what's next for Gay Desert Guide? You, oh, I know you always well, have creative ideas out there. Well, you know, we are we we created the fun and games department, which is an old radio phrase. We used to use that to to talk about our promotions on radio, and we're doing. Um, we did some virtual events, but you know what? People got so tired of Zoom. I'm so Zoomed out. Everybody else is too. We're back to doing in-person events. And so we went from like a dating, we were doing some dating games online through Zoom and some trivia. But now we've got a fun one coming up called An Evening on the Lanai, Remembering the Golden Girls. And uh, Stan Zimmerman, who was the writer for season one, 
is going to be interviewed by Alexander Rodriguez. You know him from On yeah. the Rocks Radio yeah. and Out TV. Uh, so they're going to do something at Oscars uh, toward the end of May, just before uh, Memorial Day weekend. So we're, we're trying, we're experimenting with some of those um, kind of events and see how that goes. Well, let me know if you ever need additional promotion. Happy to have them on my show. Thanks. Good. Thank you. I, I will take you up on that. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for coming on today. Again, you can go to gaydesertguide.lgbt to find out how you can post an event, how you can advertise on one of the platforms at Gay Desert Guide. And uh, thanks again, Brad. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Jeff. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Next up is Joe Giarusso, and we'll talk all about CV Rep and the new organization he's just created. Live from Palm Springs, the desert cities A to Z on LGBTQ. This is the Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Our next guest, Joe Giarusso, started his career in the entertainment business at CBS Network and then went on to become a production finance head for TriStar Pictures, currently owned by Sony Pictures, as well as production finance chair at H. B.O. Productions. He retired from Entertainment Partners as a senior executive vice president of marketing and sales, a multi-billion dollar entertainment management service company. But that is just the tip of the iceberg of your talents. You are a composer. You are a writer. You are a collaborator. You do everything, Joe. (laughs) Well, I'm 73 years old, so I might as well filled it with good good stuff. Are you really? You do not look a day over 55. Okay, Jeff. I love you. <laughs> really? Well, because we were talking about when we were getting ready for the show, we were talking about how we see each other at the gym all the time. And uh, really, I seriously, because you're really in great shape and, you know, I mean, you you work out regularly, so you look good. Well, thank you. You know, you know it's really important to keep physically you know, fit, you know, especially at my age. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit first about um, your involvement with CV Rep. You've been on the board of directors for quite a long time and have really been one of the key people who has guided them along and really grown the organization. Yeah, I've been with them. I, I just figured it out 11 years, and the last seven years I've been president of, of CV Rep. And as you know, with the pandemic, it was a, quite of a challenge since we don't have our our product, which happens to be plays, and the revenue stream just you know dropped to zero in respect of that uh, stream. You know, meaning play revenue. Um, but thank God we've had tremendous treasure and Mike Monachino and a CFO Joe Basic, who really guided us through this period so well. You know, unfortunately, we had to lay off people, and but. You know, we, we are doing pretty well, and we got some great donors. So that, that's that been very, very fortunate for CV Rep. Well, and, and if anybody doesn't know, you know, you guys moved from Ranch Mirage and decided to really take a big leap of faith and buy 
the IMAX theater in Cathedral City and completely renovate that building. Yeah, I, I've got to say it was a, an, a fun type of thing to do. And it really was to, to have your own theater, 208 seats. Um, and, and Jeff, you've been there, and you know what the seating is like. It's there's no bad seats. Right. It's one of the most remarkable stages. You know, we in fact, it's the only two stages in uh, California that are geared for dancers. So, in other words, it's a soft, uh, soft stage so that it doesn't hurt their knees. So, it's it's really a remarkable place. And Cathedral City is the most wonderful wonderful group of people to work with honestly it's just been fabulous well that's good <laughs> you know and, and oh and so uh is there something that you can share with us in regards to the restaurant next door because i know uh bonta actually went out he closed um but isn't there a new venue going there that you guys are doing some kind of strategic plan with well, right now, we just closed the deal yesterday, and we have a new restaurant coming in. It's going to be uh, a really a fun place. Uh, it's going to be more or less, I believe the, Mex- the theme is going to be Mexican, and it's a brewery. And so it's, it's, it's something that will probably open in a while. They're going to do a lot of renovation. And I don't know if you've seen uh, Willie Ryan's new restaurant, um, but it's going to be open like that. It's good. They're going to open the walls and stuff uh, to make it more accessible for many different people. So it's going to be, and hopefully, Jeff, honestly, to bring in um, some younger folks, you know, into Cathedral City and into CB Rep. Well, and yeah, and you, you guys have a conservatory there as well. Yes. Yeah, we have a conservatory. We have, you know, we had to uh, pretty much slow that down again d- during the pandemic. But Ron Salona, the artistic director, is going to gear it up, uh, is probably starting in October. Yeah, very exciting time. You know, we, I think through all of this, we've learned to really appreciate what we did have at one point. And as it comes back, I think we're appreciating it more and more that, you know, we took a lot for granted. Absolutely. It's so right. And, and, you know, now that it's opening up and we're actually having our first classical series, our first um, four, uh, you know, as you know, classical music is, is what I love so much. But yeah. we're having the Steinway Society coming in in May, the, uh, the Wearing International uh, Piano Competition coming in June. The, uh, in July, we're having the Palm Springs Opera Guild coming in. They're all doing one uh, Sunday performance. And then um, in August, uh, it's going to be a, a presentation of my music, and the, the Lotsos from Vienna are flying in to play, to play it. Wow, fantastic. What date is that? Um, oh, wait, hold on a second. I think it's August 23rd. Let me look at my calendar. Well, and I'm sure it's yeah, all represented August, on the August. website, too, cvrep.org. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Tracy and the whole team over at CV Rep do such a great job of keeping everybody informed about what's going on. I mean, I think that the talent that's under that roof is phenomenal. You know, and and I belong to the Palm Springs Gay Men's Chorus, and we've performed on that stage before. Actually, we were in the process of, we performed, uh, I believe it was one or two of your songs from Cassini, um, you had you had done the composition composition with um, Joe, and 
Yeah, and um, Joe Damon, and you know, it was so fantastic. And we were in rehearsals, and then COVID hit. Yeah, I know. So, I, I can imagine. It took me seven months to write that, and to to you know to hear it for the first time, I, you know, live because all I can do is play it on the computer because it's voices and instruments, et cetera. And then to go in there one day when you guys allowed me to come into a rehearsal to hear a couple of my pieces, it was just like, it's thrilling and chilling, you know, it really, really was exciting. And hopefully the new uh, artistic director will consider it again. So, and you also, um, you're a teacher and a mentor and you also have a collaborator, um, a Steinway artist, Dr. Uh, Giorgi Lazzo. Right, right. He's in. Giorgi is going to be. He and his wife are duo pianists, and they're they're trying to take over the scene from the Lebrecht sisters, who were famous for forehand and two piano music. And so they're trying to take that niche back since the Lebrecht sisters are like ninety. And so um, they're going to try to make forehand music uh, really, really something of, of again refreshing it for the classical scene. Yeah, and and so let me give everybody a visual. So if, if you haven't actually been inside the theater, the stage is humongous. It's it's probably as big as the Annenberg stage at the Palm Springs Art Museum, but it's in a smaller venue, so you could fit a full orchestra on there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a huge stage. It really is and you you can't even see how far back it goes. And think about it. When it was the IMAX theater, there was no stage whatsoever. It was just it was a hole in the back. <laughs> yeah, it was and, a humongous hole. <laughs> yeah. And so you guys literally had to go down and redo the foundation underneath there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. We so did. And 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 had to take out the seats, the front row seats and and because there's no back really, our green room and our dressing rooms are all under the stage. Yeah. And they're kind of old school, which I I love. You know, it, when when you go to Broadway and you see some of the dressing rooms and stuff they have at some of these old theaters, I mean, they're not all state of the art, modern, and all that. They're they're back to old school. And so, oh, yeah. you know, you've got the glamour up top, and then you know you've got all your areas down down below. Where do you guys store all the uh, stage and props or the um, sets and props and all that? Sure. As far as a lot of the wardrobe, it's up in where the projection room was, okay? But Jimmy Cuomo, who is our art, uh, art director for everything we've ever done, he, we have a, uh, in Cathedral City, we have a, a, a place that we store all of that stuff. And he builds some of his sets there, then we bring them in to the theater. Yeah, it, it, What's what's great about that complex is you literally have two different directions that people can come in, and then you've got a reception area. So it it kind of was made for what you're doing now. You know, when you were in Rancho Mirage, it, it, you the space was really small, and you you were very limited. In fact, how many seats did you have over there? You had far less over there. 
86. Yeah, and so you, I remember you had to do like six-week runs of shows, and I'm sure people at some point got a little tired. You know, yeah. the, the thing is, you know, for most shows, you like doing the three, four performances, and then as soon as, as, soon as you get to like number four, it seems like you per, have perfected it, and you're like, oh, can we do like one or two more? But you know, a lot of a lot of the players who are in some of your shows are volunteers. So, you know, it it it's a lot. Yeah. Well, all the performers are equity. And, oh, they are. And, okay. Oh yeah, we we yeah equity rules. So we are totally an equity stage. And in fact, we were going to be doing. We were hoping to do um, some some type of entertainment at the amphitheater in Cathedral City, which is truly, I'm I'm sure you've seen it, which is really amazing. But because of COVID, um, we, you know, and opening outdoors, et cetera, there were so many restrictions that we weren't able to to do anything yet. And now that we're in the summer, if, you know, it's going to be too hot to do something. uh, No, really? In the summer here? Yeah, you know, it'll be nice. I'm kidding. We're already 10 degrees above normal. (laughs) I I don't know. The summers get more and more brutal here, it seems like. (laughs) Now, I remember... I don't want to live anyplace else, let me tell you. Yeah, in our next segment, I want to talk to you about the new organization you're starting but ron and i salona and i sit on the alliance for desert theaters and we we were talking about that on how you would space people like in dolores park in san francisco they literally painted circles in the park and you couldn't go out of those circles when covid was at its peak um but you're right i mean it just got harder and harder because a lot of the the companies didn't want to rent you know, the theater productions and all that to the organizations. And Ron was talking about the difficulty that everybody was having. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and as far as I know, the lighting is not done and the sound on the amphitheater. And so for us to do, um, whatever we had to do, we would have to, um, uh, put in the lighting and the sound ourselves. We just can't right now. We just, we, we just, it's, it's very cost prohibitive. We're talking with Joe Giarusso. He is on the board of CV Rep, which is Coachella Valley Repertory. He's also starting a new organization that you can get involved with. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about his compositions that he has done. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff. We're in conversation with Joe Giarusso. Before we get into the Musical Performance Arts Alliance that you're starting, give us an idea of some of the other thing, other um, pieces that you've composed. Well, 
you know, I'm up to opus 80 right now, <clears throat> which is really if, uh, understanding an opus is means of work. And it could be many, many, <clears throat> excuse me, movements. And so I've done so many different types of things, Jeff. It's, uh, most of it's been performed in Europe. Um, but right now I'm writing a uh, forehand for uh, uh, Yorgi and Anna to, to perform this coming uh, August. And I just finished a play. It's a remarkable play, uh, the music for a play um, for The Hunted, which is about what happened to the gays and lesbians in Florida in 1958. And so this wonderful woman uh, who wrote the play, Ronnie Sandlow, um, asked, you know, we got to know each other. And she said, Joe, would you, would you consider writing music for this? And so I read it and I said, ooh, this is really heavy. And so I said, okay, I'll try it. Then we collaborated and made it a, a lighter through the music so that it's not as, you know, because what happened to the, to the gays and lesbians were just horrible. So, but it's now finished. It's down in Florida and somebody's looking at it, don't know exactly, you know, how music is and you know how plays are. Don't know if it'll ever be broadcast, but, um, or produced, I mean, but, you know, we'll see. So that's, that's, one of the latest things. In fact, I had a run through with two of your, two of the Palm Springs game and the chorus uh, uh, gentlemen to help singing the baritone and singing the tenor part. Well, if you ever need another tenor, you know where to find me. Okay, I will. Well, <laughs> and I have to tell you, you know, if if you remove the music from TV and film and, and also performance. It it changes the character of the piece, and I have to tell you, I just saw the movie Nomadland. Have you seen it? Oh yes. Uh huh. The music in that film is so powerful; it sets the stage for every scene. And I'll tell you, I don't care what anybody says. Francis Francis McDormand and that film should have won the Oscars. I mean, they were, it, it was one of the most brilliant films I've ever seen. And it, it, it it's, yeah, it it's really a testimony to the way we treat our seniors and how they have had to go in this different direction and empower themselves to, to survive. And, um, yeah, and, you know, again, the music was just really powerful, and the cinematography was fantastic as well. Wasn't it? What, what I love, Jeff, the two things that I thought was pretty brilliant about it is the fact that Linda May, who happened to be one of the band people that the director met, and an, another woman, I forgot her name, and they were truly people that were not actors and who performed their life for that movie. And when Frances McDormand pulled her up at the Oscars the other night and Linda May was there and her hair was done, what a what a wonderful thing. What a testament to to what that life is all about. Yeah. So you um, and a couple other people, I guess uh, Rob Moon, the former mayor of Palm Springs, um, you're collaborating with him to start this Musical Performance Arts Alliance. Where did you guys get the idea, and what steps are you taking to get it all together? Okay, so as you know, like I think I told you, I'm, I'm, I'm off of CV rep board because of, you know, uh, limits, time limits, as of July 1st. And so I, I was thinking, I was going, what am I going to do? 
You know, I, after four hours a day of, of doing CV rep stuff, my husband of 44 years said, Joe, how are you going to fill your time? And so my great love is music. So I was thinking that, you know what? These organizations, there's so much music out here. Why don't we do something together? And so it's not like a nonprofit. It's just a, an alliance where what I'm willing to do and I want to do is like create a music calendar. And to and when we did the first email approaching the different CEOs or whomever of the different organizations, 10 of them said, yeah, let's do it. And so now we have 12 uh, organizations through me calling them up and we're going to have our next meeting, I think next week. And just to say, we are not competitors. We, it's my feeling is that we have music, so much music in this valley. Let's give it to our locals and to our, um, uh, with a nice word for snowbirds, um, and, and our visitors, okay? Let's put something together that we can market together. Let's, let's just market, et cetera. It won't be CV Rep because CV Rep is not a part of that. It, isn't, it, it, could, be a, it could be auxiliary, but it's not a, its main product is not music. So it's going to be all the different types of music organizations, hopefully, in the desert. Well, and what I would like to see more of is organizations like this do showcase events where, let's say, the CV Rep Theater is utilized for it. And, like, each organization does, you know, one or two songs and showcases what they do, you know, with some of their talented people. Um, And, again, like you said, they're not competing against each other. And, you know, as we had talked about, you know, be solid in what your mission is and don't be afraid to collaborate with other organizations. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt. I love your idea. You know, that is brilliant. In fact, it's quite wonderful that, you know, the the Waring, Palm Springs, Opera Guild and the Steinway are going to use the stages, even though Riverside County, we cannot have at this time more than 50 people in the inside live theater. So but they're still going to do it, which is wonderful. And so, um, you know, I would love I love your idea, you know, and for this piece is from CV Symphony. It might be just a, uh, a four part thing, a string quartet or whatever. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. And, and, and looking at your list, <laughs> I've done public relations, I think, for everybody on your list here. <laughs> I think the only one is the Women's Jazz Festival, but I've worked for Desert Winds, Palm Springs Opera Guild, Steinway Society. Um, currently represent the Palm Springs Gay Men's Chorus, um, the Coachella Valley Symphony I represent, Opera Arts, of course, the amazing Arlene Rosenthal, um, the Wearing, which is guided by Ann Greer. Um, so a lot of really prominent organizations that are very involved with other um, nonprofits as well. Well, there goes our music, Joe. So that means we are wrapping up on our show today. But I would love to have you back and we can talk more about this alliance that you're putting together and and what's next. Thank you. I'm honored that you called me, Joe. And if people want more information, should they go to your website? Uh, Yes, sure. Absolutely. And what is it? Uh, JoeGiarusso.net. Oh, Joe That's G I A R U S S O.net. 
Thank you for coming on the show today. You've been listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. If you want to find out all of the programs, go to iHubRadio.com.